This program is brought to you by Preserve Gold, the number one precious metals IRA provider. Call 855-962-3322. Thousands evacuated overnight in China. That's after land collapses caused large cracks on nearby streets. Footage showing bulged and warped roads, with some buildings even tilting with the pressure. We spoke to impacted residents for the latest. How do you think local officials will handle it? Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Emergency evacuation reports from China. Thousands fled apartment buildings overnight last week in Tianjin, a major port city in the northeast. Reports say the area is no longer safe. That's after land collapses created large cracks on nearby streets last week. Photos and videos online showing bulged and warped roads, with some buildings even tilting because of the unstable ground. The building's foundation also appeared sunken with visible cracks on the ground. In a video circulating online, a woman is heard gasping at the fissure. NTD can't independently verify these videos. A resident from that neighborhood in Tianjin told NTD that authorities haven't come up with a compensation plan. To protect his identity, we distorted his voice. There's nothing substantial yet. Authorities are still asking us to wait and stay at hotels. Geological experts say the fissures likely came from cavities over 4,000 feet below ground. Controversies over a reported spy base are still brewing. On Friday, Beijing denied reaching a deal with Cuba to set up a listening post in Havana, the location just a hundred miles from Florida. Now, the regime is accusing the U.S. of spreading rumors. Here's more. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbing accused Washington of what it called slander over the report, saying the U.S. should reflect on itself and stop interfering in Cuba's internal affairs. The Wall Street Journal first reported the alleged deal between China and Russia, which is said to involve setting up a spy base in Havana. The report cited unnamed sources. White House spokesman John Kirby saying the report is inaccurate, but did not specify what's inaccurate about it. What's the underlying risk of a Chinese spy base in Cuba? This means Beijing could tap electronic communications in most of the southeastern U.S., an area home to a number of military bases. The U.S. Central Command headquarters is in Tampa, Florida, while America's largest military base is in North Carolina. A spy facility in Cuba could also allow Beijing to monitor U.S. ship traffic. What's more, Former intelligence officials say it could make Beijing better able to identify targets to strike in the U.S. in the event of a conflict. The Soviets built a spy base in Cuba during the Cold War. Putin shut down the facility in the early 2000s. The reported spy base deal comes after other reports of Chinese espionage activities in the U.S. An alleged Chinese spy balloon flew across the U.S. in February, including over Montana, home to a nuclear missile field. More recently, a report by USA Today said a vehicle with Chinese passengers blew past the security checkpoint of a military installation in Alaska. Soldiers stopped the vehicle and found a drone inside. The Chinese people in the vehicle said they were tourists that had gotten lost. The report cited unnamed sources. NTD reached out to the Pentagon to confirm the incident, 
with a spokesperson responding, the possibility of intrusion or surveillance against our facilities is always a concern, adding that they work with local, state, and federal law enforcement officials, plus allies and partners, to protect U.S. military bases. Flooding has soaked parts of southern China following days of heavy rain. Footage shows roads engulfed and buildings partially submerged. Forecasters have issued warnings about more extreme weather for China. Heavy rain is expected to hit the country's southern regions. That's including Guangxi, Yunnan and southeastern China. Thunderstorms are expected to hit the northeast, while areas in the north could see record high temperatures. Beijing ramping up police enforcement beyond its borders. Authorities recently arrested an exiled dissident from neighboring Laos. And victims of Beijing's manhunt testified in U.S. court. Here's what's happening. Chinese activist Chao Xinxin was found missing from his home in Laos last week. A neighbor said he was taken by police officers, three Laotian and six Chinese. Suspected bloodstains were discovered at his residence. Chao is a former journalist for Radio Free Asia. He founded a movement to tear down the Great Internet Firewall of China. The term refers to Beijing's internet clampdown and online censorship. Chinese officials had been forcing Chao to cease his human rights efforts and return to China. Most recently, they threatened his family. Fearing that he would be secretly tortured to death while in custody, Chao wrote a non-suicide statement before his arrest. In it, he says he still loves the world and calls it impossible that he would commit suicide. He goes on to request that if no more updates are heard from him, that readers help protest in front of the Chinese Communist Party's embassies. This is a cross-border arrest. The CCP is acting in blatant defiance of international law. It's exporting dictatorship and tyranny to other countries. The international community should step up pressure on Beijing to stop it. Testifying in federal court in Brooklyn, a victim of what's been called Beijing's transnational repression shared shocking details. New Jersey resident Xu Jin is a former party official who left China about a decade ago. His wife said they were wanted by Chinese police on forged bribery charges. The family had since been the target of intimidation and harassment by CCP agents. Prosecutors said two men tried to break into Xu's home in 2018. They left a note in Chinese that read, If you are willing to go back to the mainland and spend 10 years in prison, your wife and children will be all right. The defendants are Zheng Tongying, Zhu Yong, and Michael McMahon. All three pleaded not guilty, saying they weren't aware they were doing Beijing's bidding. The trial is part of Washington's crackdown on Beijing's worldwide operation to bring so-called fugitives back to China. The decade-long campaign is known as Operation Fox Hunt. Those on the CCP's wanted list include political dissidents and persecuted faith groups. On the tech front, China is feeling the impacts of U.S. microchip sanctions. The country saw its chip imports drop by 20 percent in the first five months of this year. That's according to official customs data. Those penalties mean trade from Japan and South Korea has also been shrinking amid the tech war between the U.S. and China. Semiconductors or microchips are what drive much of our daily lives. The small devices act as the brains of electronics, used in devices from iPhones to cars and fighter jets. The Biden administration last October imposed sweeping export controls to curb Beijing's access to high-end chips, citing national security. That's over fears that advanced chips would help propel China's military in areas like artificial intelligence and quantum computing. Both are part of China's 2025 vision to become the world's technology leader. 
But as the U.S. continues to restrict China's access to high-end chips from Japan, South Korea and Taiwan, Beijing is trying to claw back some of what's lost with its own chip supply chain. According to data from the National Bureau of Statistics, China's output increased in April for the first monthly rise in 16 months. That said, China still doesn't have the ability to produce cutting-edge high-end chips. That sector is still dominated by Taiwan, South Korea and the U.S. A multi-billion dollar petrochemical complex is coming to Huizhou, China. Natural gas giant ExxonMobil is moving ahead with the project, which has made it a key foundation for its China expansion. Called China One, the facility will also feature a research and development center and was designed in a way that will allow future expansions. It's slated to produce a chemical compound called ethylene, the basis for making plastic bottles, food packaging and medical tools. The chemical is produced by processing fossil fuels. Sources who declined to be named revealed Exxon executives have visited the Chinese site several times this year. The company predicts a major demand in jump for chemicals like ethylene over the next decade, compared to a much smaller increase for gasoline. Those stats driving the company's decision to build the new China plant. That's as other companies shift production out of the country to nearby places like Vietnam and Thailand, many of them fearful of the impacts of tensions between Washington and Beijing. The plant is expected to launch in 2025. Could the U.S. dollar lose its status as the king of currencies? If it does, the shift would mean major changes for America's economy and national security. Lawmakers just held a hearing to address this question. Entity's Colin Fredrickson has more. Is the U.S. dollar's status as the king of currencies at risk? During a congressional hearing, experts said yes. Short term, I think the risk is that we continue to see diversification away from the dollar. Longer term, I think the, the bigger risk is that foreign investors no longer perceive the United States federal government debt to be as safe and risk-free as it is today perceived. Tyler Goodspeed is a fellow at Stanford University. He says that having the world's dominant currency is a net benefit to the United States. Right now, the U.S. dollar is the entire world's reserve currency. This means that out of all the currencies in the world, central banks worldwide have decided the U.S. dollar should be the major currency in their reserves. Right now, the dollar makes up 60% of all their reserves. This allows the country to borrow more, dominate the financial markets, and have global influence. But China has said this is a form of financial hegemony that's bad for the global economy. In my view, Chairman Xi poses the most serious threat. He has a vision of China as the Middle Kingdom to which all of the nations on the periphery ultimately will pay tribute. Marshall Billingsley is a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute. He says countries like China, Russia and Brazil all want to topple the dollar's dominance. He believes China wants its own currency, the yuan, to become the king of currencies. But that's very unlikely in the short term for two reasons. One, China's a currency manipulator. And so people who hold the yuan are also holding a lot of risk that it may not have the same value tomorrow that it has today. And two, they have a very restrictive uh, 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 capital uh, outflow uh, regime that basically prevents you from moving currencies out of the country. Meanwhile, the U.S. dollar is still strong. 88% of all transactions worldwide are done with the U.S. dollar. It's still considered the safest and most liquid asset in the world. Alan Fredrickson, NTD News.
Moving to South Korea, the country's foreign ministry summoned China's ambassador on Friday. The request over his provocative remarks towards South Korean diplomacy. The Chinese envoy Xing Haiming had warned Seoul for, quote, making bets in the U.S.-China rivalry. That was in his remarks at a meeting with the head of South Korea's main opposition party. He also urged Seoul to respect Beijing's stance on Taiwan, as well as to stop decoupling from China. As a U.S. ally, Seoul has been seeking to increase its ties to Washington after the new president stepped up. During the G7 summit, Biden talked about trilateral cooperation and how it should react to the military and economic threats from China. The presidents from South Korea and Japan joined the discussion. According to South Korea's foreign ministry, Beijing's open criticism of Seoul's policy, which it described as having untrue content and intolerable expressions, could interfere with the China-South Korea relations. Germany once again stepping up its game in countering China. Over the weekend, Berlin's defense minister said that the nation will deploy two warships to the Indo-Pacific next year. He said that countries need to consolidate rule-based international order and maritime security. This announcement comes amid rising tensions between China and Taiwan and over the disputed South China Sea. The minister added the deployments were not directed against any nation, a remark seemingly addressing China. China remains a crucial trade partner with Germany, but Berlin has been treading the line between its security and economic interest. In 2021, a German warship sailed into the South China Sea for the first time in almost 20 years, a move that saw Berlin joining other Western nations in expanding its military influence there. Aside from its military presence, the nation is bolstering its alliance with India. Germany and India signed a $5.2 billion deal to build six military submarines in the South Asian country. As China shores up alliance with Russia during its invasion of Ukraine, Germany is placing its bet on India to counter China's military aggression in the region. Worth noting, some 40 percent of Europe's foreign trade flows through the South China Sea. The Chinese Communist Party claims almost the entire South China Sea as its own and has militarized several artificial islands there. That's despite an international tribunal ruling that Beijing has no legal basis for those claims. Coming up, a puzzle that takes supercomputers five years to solve, but quantum computers need less than a second. On the next frontier of key technology, quantum researchers in China claim their father of quantum machine is 180 million times faster than the competition on AI-related tasks. Though reports say China still trails the U.S. in the quantum race. Should the U.S. be concerned about China's quantum innovation? And who will win the race to fully develop it? We hear from Rex Lee, Cybersecurity Advisor at MySmart Privacy. That's coming up in just a minute here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Quantum computing, the next battle arena for the U.S. and China. China has been building its expertise in the next frontier, looking toward even bigger goals. With AI-integrated Chinese apps being offered to U.S. citizens, children and business users, and quantum computing used by nation-state hackers and the military, what else is behind Beijing's quantum ambitions? And how can Washington up its game? 
We sat down with Rex Lee, cybersecurity advisor at MySpark Privacy, for details. Rex Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you, Tiffany, for having me on the show. So, Rex, there's been a lot of buzz around artificial intelligence or AI recently, both good and bad. But how does it play out in terms of quantum computing? Yeah, a lot of people are focused on like chat GPT and uh, Google Bard and so forth. Uh, and uh, that's that, that's AI based on a, a search uh, data tree. And it's being implemented into web browsers and um, other products developed by Microsoft and Google. But what a lot of people aren't uh, uh, factoring in today in regards to threats that we're hearing about AI is the fact that uh, it can be integrated into quantum computing, which is uh, uh, high-speed computers. And what is the threat here if China takes the lead? <clears throat> so. Uh, Booz and Allen uh, put out a report recently stating that uh, the United States is, is leading in uh, quantum technology, but China is close uh, behind. However, uh, China has a lot of influence over uh, countries all over the world, mainly in Africa, South America, Central uh, America, and so forth. So uh, kind of what we, we've seen with other technologies like uh, 5G technology, which is wireless infrastructure uh, uh, manufactured by Huawei, uh, even though the United States and, uh, and uh, European countries lead in 5G uh, technology, you see mass adoption of uh, 5G technology developed by Chinese companies like Huawei in uh, developing countries around the world. This becomes a threat. So we're going to see the same thing. Uh, although we may be leading in uh, our technology, uh, we may be behind in terms of adoption around the world. Um, you see these industry experts, a lot of them have signed a moratorium on AI until we fully understand the, the threats uh, about AI, um, are highly concerned about uh, uh, AI and being weaponized. Now, if you take those threats and you and you look at those threats alone, you're already seeing threats from quantum computing and quantum computing being weaponized as well. Uh, you're you're starting to see reports about quantum computing being able to break um, RSA standard encryption and and triple death encryption standards around the world. So, if you kind of look at the two and you were to um, uh, integrate AI into quantum computing, you could see the existential threats. Uh, that both technologies pose. And then when you couple on the fact that uh, uh, China um, is, uh, has influence all, all over the world, you can see where these can become existential or national security threats. And Rex, recently we saw that the U.S. Navy was hacked in Guam. So how could these new developments play out in terms of Chinese state-backed hackers? Well, you know, not all hacking is, is uh, directed towards military. Um, and if you really pull back and you look at uh, the CCP's strategy, well, it's unrestricted uh, warfare. Um, and we're starting to see this proliferate around the world. One of the other big issues becomes the fact that uh, as, as Chinese tech companies also become larger, like ByteDance and Tencent and Badu, Badu, uh, recently uh, launched a uh, AI uh, chatbot uh, in March. So like Google and uh, Microsoft, you're going to see um, uh, 
AI uh, uh, with Chinese technology be also integrated into apps that support smartphones, social media platforms, web browsers, and, and so forth. And then the hackers are able to launch attacks like SolarWinds, for example, and hit 30,000 uh, uh, businesses in multiple countries at the same time. Well, when you add in AI and quantum computing to the factor, you know, the attacks in the future could be catastrophic. Uh, not only, you know, like with Guam going after military bases, but you could see uh, multiple companies hit. And these attacks will be catastrophic to the extent where solar winds will look like a 7-Eleven uh, robbery. And speaking of those threats, there's already, you know, data surveillance and data mining and addictive technologies. How will these new developments play into that and how can end users or us protect against it? Well, right now we're being forced to participate within highly um, exploitive and predatory surveillance and data mining business practices. A lot of people say, well, Rex, you don't have to participate. The problem is the fact that uh, smartphones, tablet PCs, connected products, and uh, PCs, today, all of these connected technologies are supported by the Android OS, Apple iOS, and Microsoft Windows uh, operating systems. Well, the problem is, is Google, Apple, and Microsoft all have adopted predatory surveillance and data mining business practices rooted in surveillance capitalism, which means that you can't go out and buy a, a mainstream computer or a smartphone today that's not supported by intrusive apps and platforms that enable the developers to uh, monitor, track, and data mine the end user for profits, including developers from China. With AI, where, where if you feel like you don't want to participate and you don't want to uh, uh, start communicating or using AI until you understand what the threat capabilities are with this technology, um, you're going to be forced to participate because they're already integrating it into their products and services like social media platforms like uh, LinkedIn, uh, uh, web uh, browsers like Edge and Chrome. Um, are already They already are integrated with AI. So again, very much like uh, being forced to participate within surveillance and data mining business practices, now we're, we're all being forced to utilize these technologies without fully understanding the threats. And uh, and it's through, uh, basically all is, is because of centralization where you have a few uh, tech monopolies controlling access to the internet and trade and commerce on the internet. Definitely a serious topic. And Rexley, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you soon.